Okay, so welcome to Everything Try to Kill You, the horror comedy podcast that talks mad shit about all of your favorite horror films. And we look really hot while we do it. Again, <laughs> Which doesn't matter hello. to y'all at all. Because <laughs> you can't see I mean, it. I can tell you, it's pretty solid, you know, coming from the outside in. Do you know what we look like? I mean, honestly, before I got on here, I... <laughs> okay. Almost kind of. Hello, fellow quarantinies. I am... Gin and tonic. <laughs> That's Mary Kay's new cheer. Anyway, I'm so glad y'all tuned in because what the hell are you going to do anyway because of coronavirus? At this point, you've probably tried a few workouts and ultimately gave up on that bullshit. And all the puzzles. If you guys have been trying to buy puzzles online, they're all sold out <laughs> because of me. Um, sorry. And if you didn't get your cross stitch for beginners already forget about it you're fucked damn it you're the one that got the goosebumps so now you're only left with the books that you've been putting off reading and the netflix shows you you don't you don't care to watch so today just you know get your grubhub or uber eats always leave a generous tip for the driver and settle the fuck in because today we're talking about a terrifying classic we're talking about danny boyle's 2002 film 28 days later just you know, aggravate your apocalyptic virus anxieties <laughs> further. Woo! Um, that's what we do here. I'm Rachel. I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. Now, y'all might remember a few weeks ago during our As Above, So Below episode, go check it out if you haven't done it already and rate and review, <laughs> we called out to our fan, our friend, Stephen Wells. <laughs> we are so happy to welcome him to today's episode, Stephen Sing us the song of your greatness. Hi there. I'm, um, yes, yeah, so I'm Steven Rouse. I'm a uh, software developer <laughs> from Atlanta. So I make video games sometimes. I wrote a game called Ace Pilot for Newgrounds back about, I don't, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Just wrote it, handed it off to some friends. They made it. Um, Ten cur- years ago? What is your skincare routine? <laughs> oh, yes, I, I'm looking at I, you. I don't I'm, understand. I'm strictly against aging. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> the only reason why I look like I'm, you know, of legal drinking age is because of this beard and the hair. If I shaved it off, you'd guard me. So, I mean, I'm pretty uh, pretty okay with that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yes. So, currently, like um, I'm trying joking. to... I'm I'm trying to put together a um a game jam in my free time to support everybody that's being affected by the coronavirus. So for more information on that, um tune in, I guess, to the rest of this episode and I'll uh, give you guys some linkage on that. Yeah, we nice. would love to link that in the show notes as well, Stephen, if you'll uh let us know how to. That way our listeners who are like driving or drunk and won't remember to take notes can like get in there (laughs) later you know (laughs) Um, not at the same time our listeners don't do both at the same time we're responsible partners oh i feel it yeah oh totally absolutely we are kitchen drunks okay (laughs) Okay. i'm more walking around the neighborhood drunk yeah you know yeah um (laughs) but yes i didn't want to i didn't want to information dump right at the start of this (laughs) okay well you can if you want or we can just come back to it at the end yeah, let's do it both. Let's. Um, yeah. Well, I, we can do it both. Yeah, I'm gonna give three fun facts about <gasps> yes, Stephen. Yes, oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. You ready? She did not Steven? tell me these beforehand. <laughs> no. So this is gonna why, be. Why that? Why would we can I? always oh, cut them if you're like, no, too much. 
So Stephen is from Gray, Georgia. Mm. Yeah. Mary Kay, that was the next town over. Oh, from I remember. Okay. <laughs> he looks like Jon Snow. He does. <laughs> he looks a lot like Jon Snow. And he also helped me bury my fish Ponyo once Aww. upon a time. I was very drunk. <laughs> we were both And very all drunk I had was a steak knife <laughs> because the ground was too hard in Milledgeville, Georgia. And he was like, he said no. And I was like crying because I was drunk. And I was like, Stephen, please. <laughs> so he was like in between a rock and a hard place. So he helped me almost unsuccessfully bury Ponyo. If I'm being honest, I don't remember saying no. The only thing I remember saying is, uh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the night had nothing to do with a dead fish. It was just suddenly, oh, we're we're burying a fish tonight. Oh, all right. I'm very drunk. Um, are we sure we want to do this? <laughs> with a steak knife. I hope the fish was... I hope the fish was actually dead. Can oh no, it was very dead. It, a fish, though, it was hardcore dead. dead for a few days. <laughs> it was dead as fuck. Um, I just had a recovered memory of being like mm. three years old and my judo laying out a whole bunch of fish he had caught on the grass in the front yard, and all of them flopping around for like a really long time, and just sitting there like a little, just sitting on the front porch, just watching what? them die. <sighs> Oh, God. I was like, well, that one went really high. Like, I just remember, because I didn't know it was happening. Anyway, that was my, I've been having a lot of those spontaneous mm. recalls in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to imagine that for a fish, that would be like waking up buried alive yeah. would have to be the nightmare scenario. Yes. Like, not only are you not in the water, you are in the yeah. earth. Dear God. Yeah, I was like four. It's like waking up being buried in fire or something. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. For, well, for us, it would be like waking up underwater. Oh, well, hell, right? <laughs> like, I really can't breathe. Shit, I, that's, <laughs> that's a much better metaphor. I kind of, yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right, are we ready yeah, for Yeah, we're having icebreaker? a tough time getting started. <laughs> that was, that's okay. That was my segue to the icebreaker. That was my brilliant tactical move. <laughs> okay, so you are woken from a coma. Okay. It's time to go home. <clears throat> okay. You have no memory of life before, okay. and you quickly discover that your reality, your normal, everyday life, is that of a horror movie. Now, which horror film will you choose to wake up and live through? Steven, you're the guest. You go first. Okay. So, um, when I first read this, I was... Um, slightly thrown because you said i you know you would have amnesia you wouldn't remember your previous life so it's like well hell okay but but still though if i'm choosing this new person like what they're going to be what their life is going to be like i go for uh the horror comedy that is what we do in the shadows okay yes (laughs) yes that is uh easily one of my favorite movies and favorite television series because jesus christ matt berry he is uh is this series good? I haven't checked it out. Oh, I haven't you watched need it to. Yet. They do a really good job of it. They, um, they, everything, like, so much of it just transfers over so well into a, a, a series proper. It's like, it's great. Like, when I heard they were doing an American version and a, um, New Zealand or, but, but th- there was right. another version that yeah. they were doing. And I was like, oh, the American version's gonna suck because we always fuck things up. <laughs> 
because, yeah. I mean, but we did The Office. We did The Office I'd... right. You know what? Fair mm-hmm. point. You know, I'm going to take that back because we did The Office right. So I would say about 90% of the time we can we can fumble some stuff. But, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's we, true. We, we, you know. I think generally you're correct. Generally, but what we do in The Shadows, the series, holy shit. They're like, it is good. Like, I'm, we're uh, legit waiting for the next season being my girlfriend. Ooh, I'm we excited for it. Show. But yeah, what we do in the shadows—that is—that is perfect. That is some fantastic horror comedy. You guys covered Evil Dead Two it's previously, and it was so like, whereas Evil Dead Two has the great balance. Um, like it's like you know, twenty, thirty years later, what we do in the shadows perfects that line of yeah, there's there's horror elements, but Jesus Christ, this is a, this is a it's funny goddamn movie. So <laughs> funny, I love it so much. I'd actually never seen it until a few years ago. Uh, it was right after I'd adopted my dog, and my friend knew that my friends knew that I wouldn't go anywhere unless I could bring the dog. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Well, at Liberty Bar, they're doing a showing of what we do in the shadows, and you can go there." And I was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is." <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I don't, know I don't, I don't, I don't even know. know what this. What and is? She was like, the shadows. "That's dumb. I can't believe you've never seen it. We're definitely going." So I discovered my love for what we do in the shadows. Buster discovered his love for pork belly fat. Well, who doesn't I love mean, that, though? I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah, I that's an important say. night for everybody. Had a lovely night. That sounds amazing. <laughs> lovely night. Who's next? Me? I want to go next. So if this is Mary Kay, if you are, if I'm woken from a coma, it's time to go home, but I don't really have any memory, I would choose the horror movie Jaws because I would see that people were getting massacred by sharks and just not go over there. So I can go next because mine is adjacent to that. I was thinking about uh, the ritual, which we talked about a while back. Like, I just won't go in the forest. (laughs) Any horror movie where I just have to not be stupid, <laughs> basically. Like, if I'm waking up as a whole new person, I have to imagine I'd have more sense than this version of myself, because any possible version of me would have more sense <laughs> than whatever this is. Oh, this is where my middle Georgia is kind of shining through, because I'm like, hell, that's how I spent most of my childhood, was walking yeah. through the woods. Yeah, but not yeah, in but Scandinavia. In this circumstance, that's different. Yeah, I wouldn't travel to Scandinavia to I specifically sh- go to this one forest that has sh- a bunch of weird history i shit you not like i watched the movie and they didn't hint at the history of the forest they just showed a beautiful ass forest Mm -hmm. and i'm going hell yeah that looks great i'd go on a hike over there why the fuck did he sprain his ankle like that was my only that was my only my only like uh reaction to it It was like dude what the fuck are you doing you sprained your ankle god what a dick but just like the odds that (laughs) i would ever find myself under these dangerous circumstances are slim to none because while I might enjoy nature camping, hiking, and all of that, the odds of me traveling to Scandinavia just to do it, <laughs> or at all, like that's low. really unlikely. I'd for have me to be too. doing, I'd have to be doing like a lot of drinking before and after, you know, like Scandin. Like there has to be some some spots I would go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of places I want to travel. That's just it's so not up high up on my list that right. I feel like I just never have to worry about it so I wouldn't even be living a horror movie anymore I would just be having a nice normal yeah life. I would just be as nice as a life is when you wake up from a coma with amnesia right. what about uh, <laughs> what about you Rachel so I feel like I should have added to make this more difficult that you actually have to choose to actually go through with the because uh, <laughs> I found myself I found myself going through Netflix and Hulu and on the internet Googling all these horror films. I'm like, which one, if I had to choose to actually go through it, beginning, middle, and end, 
which one would it be? And I found it. It was really hard. I'm like, all of this is horrible. I'm a scaredy cat, but no. <laughs> so I came down. The only one I think I could handle is any of Ari Oster's, Aster's, mm-hmm. whatever, any of his recent okay. films. I haven't seen his short films, but Hereditary and Midsommar. And I say that because it's, you're, you're in like a normal situation that has a, tra- has a tragedy. And while you're coping with that, there's this awful cult <laughs> yeah, thing happening. Yeah, kind of his MO. But because, you like you're so, <laughs> but because you're so unhinged from the tragedy that you kind of like, kind of sit back and let it happen. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm fine with it's this. It's those original you know tragedies what I mean? like you're in complacent. his movies that, that upset the whole balance so that the main character will make a bad decision. I would rather be locked in the cabin from Cabin in the Woods for the rest of my life then lives through any five minutes of Midsummer. (laughs) If I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't Midsummer that gets me. It's hereditary because that shit is fucked. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, but my point is is that the... They become complacent and they don't care. Kind of like in 28 Days Later when she was like, I'm going to give you these pills so that you don't care. Um, and mm. yeah, that's what we do here at Everything Tried to Kill You. We spoil shit for you, oh, so just be ready for that. Yeah. I mean, I figured, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, like, the last time I felt, I, 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 so Hereditary is the most, the second to most recent time that I felt sick watching a movie. The most recent time I felt sick watching a movie was Color Out of Space, and I will not watch that movie again. I haven't seen that one. I think the movie that made me feel the most nauseated was Suspiria. Ooh. The new one. I need to watch the most uh, yeah. recent one. Yeah. That one was really disturbing to me. I'm going to do that after this. Okay. I'm going to make one more defense for my decision, and that's, well, in the end, you end up being worshipped. Fair so, point. That's a, it's a silver that's lining a to a dark cloud. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want those... Crazy ass crackers worshiping me. That's fine. Thank you. I do want <laughs> to do it. the dance ritual part of Midsummer. That seems fun. Yeah, that looked super fun to me. Dance. Even while I was in the theater, I was yeah. like, "This is dope." Like, yeah, I think I could win that game. I don't know why, Rachel, but I pegged you for someone who would have gone for like maybe American Werewolf in London. That just. <laughs> That's just yeah, my... but that transformation scene, like I don't. But I you don't, don't remember it is bad. the thing. I don't Ugh. know. Like it, it's I don't know. Okay, why. so you're gonna go through this excruciating, painful experience, but then you don't remember it. Nah, no, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the dream. That's like taking drugs during childbirth. I don't see the difference. <laughs> well, that's, well, you're not having the pain. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know why. But I was if I'm like, not going to remember it, did I have the pain? Rachel's probably going to be a werewolf. I don't know why that thought occurred to me, but. But I'm ready to talk about zombies. So let's talk about, let's yes. talk about 28 Days Later as a, or maybe it's not, a zombie apocalypse classic. Those bitches ain't no zombies. Those are, those are zombies. So what are they? All right, let me, They're let me get this, let people. me get this going. <laughs> Ooh, a truly. <laughs> yes. Um. In these quarantine well, okay, times, I'm I mean, gonna watch my calories. That's Mary the damn Kay, I think, is the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary Kay is the resident um, source of all knowledge on what is zombie, what is ghoul. Yes. 
It is me. It is me. I, it's me. I actually wrote a piece for Fangoria about how Get Out is a zombie movie, so I can link to that in the show notes. Hell yeah. I know, I'm super proud That's of awesome. it. I felt like a rock what? star. Yeah, girl, I can't believe I didn't already inundate you with that over and over. So wow. yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, I thought you did send it but to us. I thought I did too, but it could have just, you know, got buried or whatever. Maybe. Um, we are just bad friends. Yeah, I didn't want to say that on the air and blast yeah, y'all. Probably. I didn't want to blow no, up I read your spot it. I read in front it. of Damn. everybody. I'm teasing you. We've talked about it at length, so you've basically read it even if you haven't actually. Um, <laughs> just disembodied thumbs up for Mary. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like this isn't really zombies. It is definitely um, like some sort of ghouls or like some sort of disease that overtakes the bodies of humans so that they're unrecognizable and behave uh erratically but zombies is really what like so it's an other yeah and then i also just zombies to me are not really scary on their own and these monsters are like zombies are sad and these are like what the fuck like especially Mm. that little boy Mm. yeah Mm. didn't the kid didn't that one talk um okay so i watched this and this is the interesting part because the kid doesn't say anything and Mm -hmm. he doesn't say it but Mm -hmm. there's i forget what he says i hate you i hate hate you. you i hate you but the kid doesn't say that so i was like this is cool and that's very subliminal there's a lot there's a there's an interesting amount of subliminal shit in this, mm-hmm. but it's like that well, was that's like that's like one of them. But mm-hmm. don't let me steamroll yeah. steamroll this. I wanna... <laughs> well, something that was so they did a lot of really, really um, clever things here in the making this kind of zombie adjacent story. Obviously, so much of this is homage to classic zombies. Yeah, story. for sure. Um, you know the Romero trilogy, hundred percent. But but. Um, by abandoning the sort of supernatural mm-hmm. component, mm-hmm. right? We know exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. It's Ebola as a carrier for a government-engineered like bioweapon that causes what the people of the movie call rage. Super rabies. Yeah, it, it doesn't kill them and reanimate them. It's not doing something that, as far as we know, is impossible. What it's doing is actually amplifying an existing human condition like basically scientists found a way to capitalize on what happens to us during like road rage can i ask why you um identify it with ebola specifically that's a good question because they say that in the movie don't they i don't remember that I don't remember hearing that. I don't that, remember but... if I got that from my research of it or if it, they said it in the movie, but Danny Boyle has confirmed that, that was they the intent. selected okay. that that, okay. that 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 it's Ebola mm-hmm. essentially as a carrier for like they tacked the rage mm-hmm. onto it. Okay. Basically. Oh, okay. So now the rage itself is scary, the Ebola itself is super transmissible by fluid. Right. When you tack it onto something that makes you more likely to share your fluids with somebody or to get up in somebody else's fluids, mm-hmm. now we have a cluster. Um, but it doesn't kill them. It just, like, turns off all the parts of your brain except the part of your brain that would make you shoot somebody else in traffic. Yeah. Right. I... So suddenly, our, like, I have no questions about what's happening here. Our convention is 
air fucking tight. I didn't have any problems good. with the convention, and I'm the person who is immediately mm-hmm. like, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not good, mm-mm, it won't work because of this and this. This one, I was like, okay. I just went with it immediately. I didn't even, like, yeah. acknowledge that I didn't have any questions. That's how... Oh, exactly. Well, it makes sense that they can manipulate. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense that they can manipulate doors. It makes sense that they still have some basic problem mm-hmm. solving. Yeah. It makes sense. Like there was this little moment, right, where they finally get the car moving out of the tunnel, and the zombies, zombies, whatever the yeah. infected, chase them for a minute, and then the car gets a certain distance and they stop. They, that like, that stuck out to that me too. Is yeah. Perfect. Yeah, they legit because were they like they made a decision. Enough. They're like, "Fuck, I ain't gonna yes. catch that car." That's I can't catch that. I can tell that I can't catch that. In any other zombie movie, the zombies rationally should just keep chasing the yeah. noise until they yeah. can't for some reason. 100%. I thought that was a cool I, uh, move. But I don't think that makes them not zombies. Right. Like, I don't think I kinda you have to be like a <laughs> I don't think you have to be like a zombie purist for them to be zombies. Mm-hmm. Because they even they, he was even quoted um, Alex Garland, the screenwriter, he was even quoted I said to him, meaning Danny Boyle, that I had an idea for a movie about running zombies. Mm-hmm. I wrote it and sent it to him, and the two of us went backwards and forwards with it for a few drafts. So I think you can be fluid about right. certain monster creatures of what they are and what they oh, are. Oh, yeah, well, for I want to sure. go back it's, to what you yeah. said previously. Like, like well, I want to go back to what you said previously. Is like, they're not zombies and that they haven't died and come back. But it's like, well, what is death? because mm-hmm. so this yeah. is not that person you knew previously. This is something that everything previous from their personality is gone. Like, this person right. yeah. is, for all intents and purposes, dead yeah. to the world. Mm-hmm. There's That's no true, back. and I yeah. I do get all... I get that. I just, because of the research that I have done about zombies, know that originally, and I'm not saying that anyone here is doing it, originally that term was reappropriated from a Haitian voodoo beliefs for for television and movies so in the in the purest sense not zombies in our (laughs) pop cultural sense totally they can be running zombies like we words change that's fine they capitalize on something they capitalize on something beautiful there in that like this question of right, right like what what is life like what makes you human um by not like knocking us out and making us something else but by the convention of rather unlocking something that's always there. Yeah, I'm pretty close to rage all the time, I think. (laughs) Right? I think it digs in really well to... It it brings another facet into that conversation of, like, what does it mean to be a human? What would it mean to lose humanity if you are more human than you usually are in some way? Yeah, I feel like... At what point does that tip over? For me personally, rage is the opposite of Zoloft. <laughs> like, in my personal experience. You know, so, oh, no, no, no. So are you so saying have... they should have just bombed him with Zoloft and, like, we could have yeah. ended this movie, like, you know, maybe yeah, 20 days Yeah, if they'd just sooner? given the drugs to Mailer instead of that dumb little girl, we would be fine. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I have, so I have depression. I take antidepressants when I am depressed and I am, like, not stable, that is the one thing I, it's, like, the one thing I can feel. I can't feel any kind of hope or happiness. I don't really feel, like, excited about things. I don't really feel, I, I, the thing that I can get to, for whatever reason, for me, personally, is rage. And it will happen over fucking 
I will drop an object. You're trying to go through this tunnel? Oh, hell no, bitch. Absolutely not. I will, I will drop an object. You're trying to get your family to survive? I don't fucking think so. And just lose <laughs> my own mind when I could just bend over and pick it up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel that. So, it's a, it's a, it's, I don't know, I just think that they did a, a smart it's, thing. It there. really is smart, and I was thinking about that, too, because I know, Rachel, you're going to ask us if it holds up. And I think The Walking Dead ripped a lot of this a lot of these ideas off for that zombie concept especially in the um in the pilot because um Mm -hmm. glenn is also or i guess it's the second or third episode but glenn is also a bike courier although we don't call him that in america um also the waking up from a coma is a a really Mm. fun um way of introducing the audience to the apocalypse, post-apocalypse with a yeah, character. Because you need a POV character. Right. And you need like a, right, you need exactly. a baked in, you need a baked in apocalypse. Right. Otherwise you know? it's just like, like a voiceover, like when my dad died, I inherited this barbershop. Like that's really heavy handed. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, it's a clever thing to yeah. do. And um, I was just noticing as I was watching this, the, the similarities and I was like, okay, but who was first? And I think this was first, Right. I think Resident yeah. Evil oh, actually okay. was first. They paid, they admitted to paying homage to Resident Evil mm-hmm. because she woke up. What's her name, Stephen? Oh, I feel like you would know uh, her name. Jill Valentine. See, this is why I love you. You know everything. <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't know. Did she wake up? Like, okay. So here's the here's the truth. I have not played the original. Resident Evil yet. Just played through Resident Evil. Get out. I played the remake of Resident Evil 2 and I am fucking waiting on the remake of Resident Evil 3. But like the original Resident Evil I haven't had the patience for because it relies upon a thing called tank. Like mechanics. But I think it's a comic book too. Okay well yes and I've for the most part read most of it but like literally what tank mechanics are is like back in the playstation era i'm going to give you guys an example you can't see this right now on audio but chances are if you're listening to this you know what's going on but anyways this was before um controllers had joysticks on them in resident evil mm-hmm. and this is the mm-hmm. funny thing um so with the joystick typically you get two joysticks and one of them controls one axis the other one controls the other axis and that right. for some reason to humans feels a little bit better than what I'm about to demonstrate here, whereas you uh, you you turn left and then your body moves left and then you have to push the forward button <laughs> and move forward. And so when you see a human doing that, literally it is the worst thing. And I straight up quit playing it because I was playing it on an emulator and I was like, I cannot do this like at all. Because <laughs> the movement was I'm so gonna... artificial. It fucks you up so hard. Oh, okay. It is literally like yeah, trying to a move little, a chess piece. It's disorienting. Oh, okay. Uh, hardcore disorienting. Like, you it know, is the worst now that thing. you're saying that, I feel like I've never played a game with a joystick because I quit when there were 3D games and they didn't have joysticks. And I was like, I, I don't understand. I don't, I can't, I can't yeah. figure it out. So I, I feel I like up, I blame uh, that yeah. for my lack of interest. Because I feel like, <laughs> no, I mean, not lack of interest, but lack of like, keeping up with video games because it really seems like i'm a target audience for that but i just i remember being maybe like i think i was just like behind the curve on it like i was right well i didn't for years i didn't like playing most video games not because it didn't seem like an interesting idea but because 
I felt like I was bad at the control. Same. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how right. to do this. And now, yeah. well, now I'm getting real dweeby with it, and I'm I'm, I'm getting more comfortable. A big in, a big realization for me was that my Y is inverted for most people's so mm. Y axis. So what feels natural to me with the for the controller to match my movement mm. is the opposite of how most people feel. And a lot of video games now you can switch that. So, all right, here's the thing. Is it what you're saying is when you push when you push up, you're expecting the view to go down? <laughs> <laughs> she has to go it's, demonstrate. <laughs> yeah, she's she's grabbing her controller. Yep. So, if I if I push the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the joystick. Said, joystick forward. Uh-huh. I want to look down and yes. pull it back. All right, I want to cool. look up. Um, so, yes, I've heard this a lot. You're yeah, you're Y inverted. Yeah, exactly. And being able to switch that changed my life. What a world. Halo. Like, Halo. That's Halo. a thing that we can change. Like, Makes a huge difference. It's kind of like when you, like skateboarding or, or snowboarding or where you if you ride goofy, where you need the, diff- the, the wrong foot right. in front. Southpaw. Or... Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> oh, this is triggering so many childhood memories. And I, and I also, well, remember Mary Kay, like I, uh, I drum. Yeah. Like I, I roll left-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a number of, like, everyone has a few of those things, I think, that they do kind of backwards. But I appreciate that as gaming technology advances, it's basically becoming more inclusive. Oh, 100%. Just it, even these little things make for that improved experience that allows more people to enjoy the game instead of feeling like they they just aren't invited or that they're just naturally bad at this or they're not supposed to mm-hmm. like it. Oh, totally. Like, I just picked up a headset. Like, literally, for this quarantine. <laughs> I was gonna wait, but then I was like, shit, I'm gonna be in my house a lot. I need to actually look at this You gotta take care now. of yourself so, first, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Take care of myself. Mm-hmm. If you look over my head, That's I have That's right. A, you like can't pour from an empty cup. You need that headset, son. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna get my bar fight fixed, so I downloaded a game <laughs> called, you know, Bar Fights, the Drunk Bar Fights, and I've just been beating oh, the, the hell out of yeah. people. Yeah, one time I watched yeah, Roadhouse. Does that count? Bars. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you there when I hit my ex-boyfriend in the face at Buffington's? I feel like you might have been there for that. Oh my God! Was are you talking I to don't me? Like, Wait, you went Steve to Buffington's? Oh God, you are from Milledgeville. Yeah, she was in Milledgeville, Stephen. I think I was, but I think I was like drunkenly dancing with Monica. No, at the everyone time that was it drunk oh God, except Monica. for me. When I hit him, I was very sober, and because wasn't that the same night that you guys were dressed yeah, up or no? It was Sarah like... Stephen's birthday party, and we were all yep. dressed like saloon girls. And he wouldn't stop looking at me. <laughs> He was the worst. You don't understand. Yeah, Yeah, and then she punched this dude and wrote an incredible essay about it. Hell yeah. And that's the same night Monica was on stage dancing in said saloon. Yeah, Monica's amazing. I miss her so much. And it got got leaked on this Milledgeville drunken tweets. Oh, my God. Yeah, what kind of monster made that account? They should be ashamed of themselves. I can't tell you how many drunk pics I have of me out there. It made her... She basically got fired from a job she was about to start the next semester because fuck. of it. That's just like professional trolling, and they should be ashamed. So if you're listening to this Dude, and you're that person, fuck, fuck you. you. That is fucked up. Use your powers for good, you selfish twerp. Really? Yeah. So, all right, here's the question, okay. though. So you went to Buffington's in Milledgeville. Mm, yes. Yes. Did you ever have a dead turtle? I had dead turtles bought for me, and when I asked, like, a sensible woman, what's in this? 
<laughs> and they told me, I was like, you forgot Rohypnol and then walked away. <laughs> so, oh <my> God. no. <laughs> because <laughs> Stephen and I worst. have made it our mission. Steve and I have made it our mission to bring dead turtle shots to the rest of the Are you United mad at States. us? At any what? bar we go to, we're like, <laughs> do you can you make a dead turtle? They're like, what's well, a dead turtle? We're like, we are so glad you asked. Yes, yes. Mary, tell um, them about that actually, one time we pranked your ex. Like, no, 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 no. We, your ex pranked Joel. Joel. Yeah. Straight up. We, we made a, a, a list for our friend's 21st birthday. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, on bachelorette parties, they have like a scavenger hunt style list of things to accomplish throughout the night. Mm-hmm. We made him a list. It was a good list. It One was so fun. My ex added this. It was so fun. Was to go up to the bar and order a Negro spiritual. <laughs> which is not a drink. Fortunately, we were at the Yeah, we cat. knew the bartender. We wouldn't have set him up for a brawl. Oh, Carlton, <laughs> And he's Georgia. the sweet. He nice. was a sweetie so, pie. Like, you could you could just look in his so eyes we, and know that he didn't mean offense by it. But So much sincerity, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, so he did it, and she was like, what the fuck is that? And he was like, I don't know. And she was like, okay. And she made it. And it was the most delicious shot I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and the next time we went back, we were like, girl, make those again. She was like, I don't remember what that shit was. It's know. gone forever. It's gone so forever. She could never recreate the most delicious shot of all time. The Negro spiritual. Is it, this is, oh, I'm so man. glad you told me yeah, that. Yeah, that is also, fucking amazing. I love you guys so much. We got to pull it back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We got to get back to it. Got to get okay, back. Okay, good. Thanks, Mom. So, remember why we're here. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. So let's move on to the question. Our age-old question we love to ask, is it scary? Duh, yeah, what? It's got some really fucking scary parts in it. I mm-hmm. am desensitized for the most part on a lot of things, unless it's... Same. Unless it's unless it disgusts me. Again, like what I mentioned previously. I've had like two films recently that disgust me, but for 28 Days Later... They got some good-ass fucking scary scenes. Like, um, one that always sticks out to me no matter what is in the tunnel. That setup in general <laughs> is fucking terrifying. But also when they finally catch up and the infected, quote-unquote, zombies are eliminated by the brake lights. Yeah. And it's like you see them in, like, the fucking back window. And I shit you not, it's like every time I can look into my back window of my car, I'm like, mm-hmm. are they going to be zombies? <laughs> and, like, that just kind of, that always gets me. I'm like, God, that's like a fucking vision like that visual right there just kind of like so this whole movie is movies, worth it there well in other movies we've talked a lot about um that a lot of like the scary suspenseful even jump scare kind of moments are built with deep focus mm-hmm. this movie can't use that because they run yes. right yeah so yep. nothing like sneaks up on you it's just bam they're screaming which also, I don't remember so if there's like fun. any kind of like suspenseful music. Yes, because normally that so. normally that leads you to like the jump scare, and you know to like get ready. But one of them, I don't remember what it is. I hope that's what you're about to say, Mary, because one of them, I screamed so fucking loud. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was Which doing one? a fucking puzzle and I had to send an apology text <laughs> to my roommate <laughs> for screaming so loud. Oh my god. <laughs> Which moment? Which one was it? I don't remember what it was. I just remember screaming and be like like when when you scare me, like startle me, I'm not like a ah! no, I'm like a cussing. What the fuck? Like yeah, yeah. I'm spooked. an angry 
scare person. Like, so, if you scare me, I'm mad. I'm mad, and I got my my dukes out. Pull, pull out the dukes. So there is there is music throughout. There are, there are music at several points. The piece that stands out to me, because for a movie, it's such an it's kind of an odd choice, is the music that plays for the entirety of what I would call say sequence seven, which is um, Jim breaking down the mansion mm. and the team of the mansion. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it is this incredibly slow build. It is this really kind of like, I mean, it starts electronic, but it has this really beautiful intensity. And if you were to listen to I, I thought about it because um, I have a playlist that I use when I'm writing. And it's a lot of that kind of music because it's, intense enough to be exciting and kind of motivate me but not so intense that it's going to distract me um and i remember the first time that that popped up on that playlist i was like what is this 28 days later i do not remember this beautiful (laughs) music being in that movie and as i watched it again i was like oh it's such an interesting choice because it creates a really different vibe under that sequence Mm. than more like spooky scary music would Instead, you build up and up this sense of like rooting and rooting and rooting for Jim. Mm-hmm. It builds to this like, ah, like you are building the rage. So by the time, oh. so you get all the way to the point of him <laughs> shoving a dude's eyeballs back into his skull before you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I wish everyone could see Mary's face right now. Yeah, that's great. Because yeah, like it, it kind of sweeps you all the way up to that moment before you're like. Oh God! Yeah. The rage is in all of us. Oh no! Right. So you have this beautiful mm-hmm. turn on that moment that the music really helps to build. But divorced from the movie, that piece of music is just kind of pretty and not so much not the kind of like suspenseful like. So it's like a that you almost might a, associate with almost movies. a soundtrack dissonance. Not yeah, not not quite. Not quite it's just that, like like I said, the first time I heard it, I would have thought that that was like the music under the like getting equipped montage at the beginning yes. of the zombie movie, not <laughs> the uh, the end and a lot of graphic death sequence. Um, it's really lovely. I'm a big fan. Hey, Everyone, go listen to it. Here's how I know I'm drunk. I almost just started mm-hmm. singing the werewolf bar mitzvah song. From 30 Rock. Bar- Werewolf Bar Mitzvah? Yeah. Spooky, Spooky scary. scary. <laughs> Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. When you said spooky scary. <laughs> don't like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm familiar with this. Well, that's, that's your my homework. second favorite song from 30 Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. I that's my second favorite song from 30 Rock. My first favorite is when he goes, My girl has a fat neck. I'm sharp. <laughs> Um, drink almost went out of my nose. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to talk about, though, the idea of calling um, the monsters the infected. Because most of the time they try to dehumanize. Uh, most of the time, like, meaning in other zombie films or uh, ghouls or even monster movies where humans turn into something else. Um, they try to dehumanize them with the language, and infected doesn't do that. They're still like they're still no, humans. Um, the That's infected a really is a descriptor, yeah. Um, yeah. And especially because uh, 
feral. I think it's feral. The one who's sensitive that they make fun of in the, yeah. I guess it's not army because it's British. Militia yeah, what, or whatever. whatever. Yeah, the, yeah they end up feral? offing. Yeah, Sorry, yeah feral ahead. is also a, a double entente because he's supposed to sound wild. Um, anyway, he says, oh, um, there is that. no infected. It's just humans killing humans. It's just You're people killing talking, other people. I believe, now, it's Major West who says that. No, it's He's not in charge of anything. Him. It's, it's the him. other one who's he's chained like, up in the radiator room. It, they're chained up in the radiator says, room together. Feral, and when he's chained up in the radiator room, says, fuck that. He says, humans killing humans, fuck that. Because he's upset that the Major and the other guys are don't... He believes that England has been quarantined. Mm-hmm. And that this infection situation is real. And... When he says it's just humans killing other humans, he's quoting the major, and then he says, "Fuck that." Oh. Hmm. Yeah, the major is the one at the at the feast that says, "Look, I'm seeing the same thing I've always seen." Oh. Yeah. Humans killing humans. Shit! I never. Oh, okay. Pick up on, I was not I paying attention hard enough for that. Well, no. The thing is, I, it's no, it makes sense now that you've of, reminded me. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. No, and I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, it's also isn't the first time I've seen the movie. So, like, you know, I was revisiting it after a long time, but. It's also easy, like that moment with Feral chained to the radiator is such a brain fuck. Yeah. And that moment didn't always exist. They decided halfway through making the movie that like, what if it hasn't spread? Let's plant that seed. Yeah. And added that shit. Well, I really liked that. this movie that. was shot sequentially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it makes I, a lot of sense because even he kind of lampshades this and that like, you can't. All right, so the... <sighs> I'm kind of jumping the gun here with, like, what's happening right now, but the reason why something like the coronavirus spreads so fast is because so much of it just kind of lies, like, dormant. Like, you can't... Mm -hmm. Literally anyone on this podcast could be a carrier for this stuff, and we wouldn't know. And that's the reason why we have to do social distancing, is because... Yeah, for the record, we are all recording remotely. (laughs) Just in case listeners, y'all are worried for us. We're fine. We're a hell of a lot more than six feet away. We always do that. We have to do that. We found out the hard way the one time three of us tried to record in the same room and got drunk and it sounded like... Did you guys It sounded like a 13-year-old slumber party. No. (laughs) If the 13-year-olds were drunk. (laughs) But it's like... Um, But it's like he makes the solid point. It's like you can't... You can't make your way across like the tunnel. You can't... You're obviously infected within minutes. So it's like you can't make your way out. So that's one of the things that's scary about this illness, too. Like, we're talking about, like, what is scary about the infected? Mm-hmm. The idea of calling them the infected, right? Being that they're, they're still humans. They're just sick. I think part of the reason I would imagine that in this world, there is still some identity associated with them. That people are not as quick to relinquish the idea of them being human. They haven't died. And we saw how quickly they turned. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Can you so imagine fast. watching someone watching someone you love turn that instantly in front of your eyes of course you can't let go of the idea that they're still there it also means that feral might be really onto something there because how would somebody be infected and travel if the animals get infected i think that's a whole different (laughs) we can't do shit with all that see that's part of the what makes this disease scary to me is that because it is so fast acting they don't know what other vectors there are so it could be right. any of those rats. It could be the horses. It could be anything like that. And so on the right. one hand, right. 
it is very similar to what we have now because they don't know about the other animals. But on the other, it's significantly different because, I mean, like, I could be sick right now and not know for two weeks. Mm. Like, that's a lot harder yeah. to quarantine. Or, or never. Yeah, no. or I would never know. Uh, well, I just think for a lot of us, if, if we feel healthy, it's hard for, and I, I'd, I'm not talking about me specifically or y'all specifically or anyone specifically, but when you're used to being healthy, it's easy to make decisions based on feeling healthy. So, like, if I had a trip planned and everyone else was sick but me, I would be like, but I'm not sick. Like, mm. it would make sense for me to yeah. not cancel shit because I don't feel sick. Um, until, you know, a professional mm. tells you, stay the fuck at home, and then you do that shit. But I think that the, mm. there's some significant differences between the disease that we see in this movie and what we're having now because that is super fast acting, which is a whole different set of problems, like you were saying. Um, but what were you going to say mm. about a small town in France? Do you... I, I'm in Italy, but there's a small oh. town in Italy mm. that at one point was... I don't think they, I don't know if they were ever listed as epicenter, but they were at one point like the hotspot. And what turned, what was able to turn the situation around for them was um, mandated testing. Every single citizen of the town being tested on a regular schedule. And every time they tested, there'd be a handful of totally asymptomatic people mm-hmm. that turned up as positive. They would go into quarantine with everybody else, mm-hmm. they'd do the test again in a few days. Handful of more, handful more asymptomatic people, and quarantining. But by quarantining, quarantining everyone, including the asymptomatic people, which they were only able to do because they were testing right. asymptomatic right. people. That's what curbed the actual spread because there was nobody out there unwitt- unwittingly right. spreading it around. And you know what works on the scale for a small town in Italy is probably not <laughs> going to work on scale for New York City. No, right. right. Um, of course. We have been talking about the the issue here with like infectivity. What we're talking about essentially is infectivity versus the severity of the illness, like the how quickly it becomes serious or fatal. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's ever played Plague Inc. Yeah, oh, that yes. is my Madagascar shit. is the hardest fucking place to hit. You gotta start Madagascar in always Madagascar. fucking That's closes the its borders. To, but everyone knows that get it, it hard that, first. that a really scary illness, a really, really scary illness, um, is a virus and respiratory. Be, at, at least at first, at least at first, has to be more infective than it is severe, because if it's very severe, it's going to kill more quickly than That's it spreads. Right. Um, and if it's very severe, people are more likely to react to it. If everyone is vomiting blood instantly... Part of what makes the rage scary is that it's it's really severe. And it's instant. It is it is it's an instant turn. The symptoms are really serious, but it's also really highly infective, except that the, on balance, <laughs> it is a little bit more severe than it is infective. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Farrell is pointing out. That while if you come in proximity with a person who has rage, you're 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 fucked. It's pretty easy to just not come in proximity with them when it starts on an island. Yeah, that's true. I do think that... No indication that all of these people are world-class swimmers, so... I think that the scariest part about that illness for me is the bloody vomit. Which they did very directly lift from Ebola, yes. That's real scary. That is Ebola. Ebola. Say that one more time. That is Ebola. Ebola. Oh! Okay, cool. Yeah, so the, 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 the whole, like, fluids coming in contact. Like, did you get any blood in your mouth? Then when the guy gets the drop of infected blood in his eye... The infected vomiting blood on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this thing called the Red Lanterns in DC Comics, and 
uh, when you're a red lantern, you are fueled off of rage, as opposed to a green lantern when you're fueled off fueled off of like willpower, like that's... money. but yeah it's willpower green lanterns are willpower whereas a red lantern it's just pure fucking rage and they have a great story where it's like there's like a cat a cat that saw his owner get killed and everybody was like an asshole to him and then the red lanterns chose him and it was like deck star of earth you're now a red lantern your rage fuels you and it's like fuck yeah all right but um wait was this a literal cat this is a literal cat that is the best story I've you ever need heard to look in my it life. Up. It's a literal cat amazing. just got so angry that a team of superheroes yeah. was like, bitch, you in. Yeah, well, it's a stretch <laughs> to call them superheroes, but yes, they, um, they're they all based off of these guys. They're all based off of the infected from uh, 28 Days Later. They have high velocity. Like, mm. like, they literally like spit up blood just constantly. They're like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, you know, what's up? This place is fucking great. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, they're just, literally, like, if you look up art of them, there's usually, if they have the whole Red Lantern core of people, there's, like, at least one or two that are always barfing up blood. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah. So, like, one of the things about this I thought was terrifying was when Jim wakes up and he doesn't know what's going on, but he's starting to realize, he's starting to pick up clues of what's going on, that complete isolation. Mm-hmm. And then when they go to his house and his parents are dead, just like every man for himself, that was the scariest part. More scary to me than the actual danger was that you have nowhere to turn. Like you don't know what to do, who to ask for help. That to me in this film, it was like, the scariest thing because with everything right now with the coronavirus I have like employers who are helping me and like my mom who is you know telling me like you need to do this you know if I didn't have Mm -hmm. that like I would just be out there running around if you didn't have a support system what would you do yeah yeah Yeah. what 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 do you do and you wake up from a coma and an empty naked Thomas Shelby and then well well it and an empty city. This is this is legit what I wanted to talk about though, because there's a fucking story there with he woke up in a hospital, right? And naked. The blinds were closed. Neck. Well, okay, let's stop. Yeah, <laughs> he, naked. Dick out for Harambe. Like legit. Like all right. You know what? Respect. <laughs> Silly Murphy. Like, goddamn, dude. Hell yeah. All right. Um, dick out. Like waking up, but then your room has the blinds closed. Right. The door is barricaded right. slightly. It's locked, right. and the key is under the door. Someone legit made sure he was all right until he was gonna wake up. Like they it legit like knew. They barely finished the surgery. Uh, and mm-hmm. well. So he woke up and he wasn't massively dehydrated. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't fucked up or anything. It's legit like someone was like, he's probably going to wake up in this amount of time. Um, I'm going to rig this up so that he's okay. I can't do much for him because right now he's healing. So I'm mm-hmm. making sure he has the best chance possible and I'm out of here. Right. And it's that like, makes sense because they the- didn't put, I mean, and this is me harping on it, I know, but like they didn't have time to like put clothes on him. Which I feel right, like is a, right. a normal thing to do. Uh-huh, yeah. So. Like, he was just butt-ass naked, you know? Like, it, it, it's cool, it makes sense, but at the same time, that's a fucking story right there. Yeah. Someone legit was like, 
I'm going to make sure this guy has the best chance possible with what I have right now, and then I have to bounce, because holy shit, this is going south fast. medical care workers are true heroes. Oh, god damn, yeah. I mean, oh, not god. just that, obviously. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course, but yeah. Well, it's like, in Atlanta... Uh, they have this. It is daily. They have high-rise apartments. Yes, right outside of Grady. Surrounding the hospitals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Every day around, like, what, six or eight? Shift change. You have... Yeah, shift change. You hear the entire city cheering them on, and that's... That is what is... That is so fucking great. Like, Mm -hmm. that is... Hell yeah. yeah. Like, that is... It is the literal is, least we can do. right there. Is apply right. to you. Yeah. <laughs> literal least. Mm-hmm. Just raise your voice and fucking clap because, Jesus Christ, these guys are keeping society together. Yeah. You know, over the last, like, five years or so, it's been really easy to feel defeated or to feel like the worst of humanity is the For truest sure. part of humanity. Right. And... Like, three and a half uh, years? <laughs> weird it's like it centers around mm-hmm. you know 2016 well i'm saying five because that's when Generous, it started running yeah. its mouth yeah, this stuff. so yeah so it's been easy to feel defeated and what we keep seeing time and again over the last couple of months is um that backs to the wall people keep doing kind things for each other and people keep being, not everybody, obviously, a bunch of dummies still are on spring break. And hey, everybody, you know those aren't millennials, right? Yeah, like, stop it with that. You, they're anymore. so dumb, you haven't even we named don't have spring break anymore. Yet. Yeah, we're like they, wondering we have, how we we're going to survive. Let's we have move children. to the other generations, we have, the dick bags we have that children. want to keep... And joint pain. Yeah. And well, the dick bags that want to grab all the fucking pain. toilet paper. Like, what the hell was that? The toilet paper epidemic. Like, Jesus Christ! Like, you don't need that much toilet paper. Like, that's I feel not... like people with children are the ones who got a lot of that. Which, okay, do it. Like, if you got kids, you need a lot. I understand. It's fine. Let's also talk about how men use so much toilet paper. You're on the toilet a fraction of the time that we are, but you use so much of it. Are you? It's like they. It's like they expect to like dig through the paper to really get at their buttholes or something. So they need a lot of extra cushion so they don't puncture it. Thank you so much for validating my observation. I feel awkward. <laughs> was it because I demonstrated the puncturing motion? I just of your hand in the direction of your butthole. God. I feel like I've always been economic with my use of toilet paper, but now I'm questioning everything about my life. We're yeah, willing ask, to accept your that you're an exception to this ask rule. Her okay? to show you, like, ask for a demonstration. Be like, hey, if you were gonna go, like, go to the bathroom, how much toilet paper would you normally? Hey, use? Johnny, will you go to the bathroom for me while I'm here? No, no, don't ask her to go to the bathroom. Look, I said ask just her to do your me. thing, man. Okay, you literally You're the one making it worse. Guess what you like, okay? It's fine. <laughs> listen, listen. Anyway, all of this to say that so often people have been especially kind and especially generous with one another and especially supportive totally. and have gone out of their way to to take care of people with no benefit themselves Mm -hmm. so let me use that as the segue that's what i'm doing you didn't have to say it (laughs) that's exactly what i was doing that's what i was doing can we get there (laughs) so rachel you're a hero you're a national hero 
I love you. We mentioned the scary thing being like, okay, well, every man for himself. And the last few weeks have made me wonder, like, obviously the circumstances are quite different here because we're not turning into rage monsters spitting blood. But if it became, would it, if it became every man for himself, is this really what humanity would do? Is that what we would do? Is that how we behave or treat each other? Is that for sure? Here's we what would I would do. Forts I wonder. out of toilet paper, sure. Yeah. No, here's oh. what I would do. Shopping spree. <laughs> That's the reason to survive an apocalypse because it's truly a victimless crime at that point. You just go into whatever designer stores nobody cared about looting. Put all that shit on, Instagram it for the next generations when they finally get back on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm Hedy Lamar. And then, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> worth it. I, that's <laughs> been my dream since I was like six to be Hedy Lamar. <laughs> you could be Hedy um, Lamar. I'm definitely of... more Rita Hayworth now that we're talking about that. But yes, back on track. Speaking of, you were saying. I was going to say, speaking of um, beautiful women and. Um, not 14-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. 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 Speaking of shit getting gross. Yes. Yeah, real talk. Yo, when my man, my beloved ninth doctor, says, I promised them women, I, I can't with that. Le- legit, this is Christopher Eccleston, like, me, like, two years away from becoming the quintessential like like the the doctor. the doctor like the one that brought doctor who back like the one that made doctor who like oh fuck yeah doctor who is mainstream now like literally this mm-hmm. is him two years away from that and him being this despicable villain is like it's tough <laughs> holy shit like i've really i've spent a long time hanging my hopes on those ears it's, it's tough to see them doing evil <laughs> Well, like we were saying about like the hospitals and like the healthcare workers with the coronavirus, there's like a salvation available. There's help available. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the very scary things about this movie is that we get that. They say we are safe yeah. here. This is on a the safe broadcast. Haven. Mm-hmm. But it turns out to be this very creepy, rapey trap. And they come yeah. in knowing and so they knew that these people were here and they weren't helping them until they got attacked by one of their own because they had women with them and he said i promised them women mm-hmm. and it was just this rapey trap that re- it reminded me of that scene in the handmaid's tale when they talked mm-hmm. about the gymnasiums yeah and it was just so yeah yeah dis- it was so disturbing mm-hmm. to me that not only did they set up this trap for, you know, the vulnerable, the women, the girls to come to, but the fact that he kept saying, I promised them, and he used the word women, knowing very much there's only one woman mm-hmm. and a pubescent girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just like ignoring the fact that he is using the term women. Also, like, how straight dude is it to be like, let's kidnap them and rape them instead of being like, I bet if I help them and I'm nice to them, it's likely she'll like one of us. I mean, mm-hmm. she does end up like, liking one of them who helped her. Yeah, just now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he also like, looks like don't... Killian Murphy, so I'm sure that's not 
a huge I mean, deterrent. Real talk, no. I mean, listen, I'm like 95% straight, but that 5% has room for Killian Murphy. I need, I mean, I do love him more as Thomas Shelby because he's like filled out more and less, less gangly, yeah, has an actual person. <laughs> That is his role. Girl. Yeah, his but I mean, role. I'm an Alfie Tommy Solomon's Shelby. girl myself, but I can appreciate it wow. nonetheless. But but real talk, Tommy like, Shelby doesn't show me his penis, and Jim does. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Solid. Touché. Yes, bitch. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. You know what? This is why you got to stick with me in the apocalypse. I'm always always a step ahead. No, what's fucking wild about it is that these fuckers. It's like literally. It says it in the title, 28 Days Later. And after 28 days of society falling, you're already in rape mode? No, you were you were already in rape <laughs> that, mode. You like, made a that, leap real quick? <laughs> you made, like, that was real fucking quick. Like, I... I don't know, like, I... I stopped, like, I didn't fuck for, like, an entire year. And it's like, okay, but so what? I guess maybe one day I'll, like, you know, have sex. Like fuck off with that shit like that's oh god i don't sorry i didn't mean to get on a soapbox with that but that's like still like what the actual fuck (laughs) you're absolutely right also like you think that you are repopulating the planet you're not doing shit (laughs) and you don't think you have you think there's nobody else left on the earth and you don't have time to wait and see if you could like each other yeah (laughs) you went straight to Rape. No, there's just two people. You, there, there's only seven of you yes, left, my dudes. Seven. Like, chill You're out. not repopulating the I, earth. You guys are just biding time until everything ends. Like, for fuck's I, sake. I want to say right quick, Rachel, I don't think we should skip it. I think because everybody is quarantined, let's just let it run long. All okay. Right, I also want to say that this is, the, to your point earlier, it is a rape nightmare, but this is the most yeah. British gang rape plan I've ever yeah. heard of. Tell me because more. Yeah. They're like, we're we're all going to rape you soon. I just wanted to let you know. And she's like, <laughs> they're like weirdly yes. polite about it. Like yes, it's going indeed. to happen. Yes, um, indeed. It's please going get to happen. dressed first and wash up. Right. Yes, please, please, please put on this, this gown. Dress. And then she's like, how rude of you to watch me change. And they're like, oh, excuse oh. me. My apologies. I will go outside the door and right. wait. I yeah. will wait to rape you until you've done changing. <laughs> right. Please and knock then, on the door two times. It's just Holy it's shit. so polite because, and this is like an overstatement, of course, because they don't really have an out, but they're not trying to break out. She's just like, why don't we just get super stoned and then we won't care about it and then we won't ruin their plans. And it's like, I remember as that was happening, I was like, <laughs> fuck. This is very Bond villain revealing my plan to you. <laughs> Selena, if you can keep your hair straight during the apocalypse, you can get out of this shit, girl. Like, you know, I gotta say, I, I, I definitely, it wasn't like a suspension of disbelief moment. It was a real, like, that's some real ass human shit right there. They are so desperate for you, the two of you. They will stab Jim to death in a heartbeat, but you two are important to them. They're not gonna do anything to hurt you in such a way that they can't get their way so on the one hand all of like when she she is panicking she's doing whatever she can to make sure that hannah no doesn't suffer through this obviously yeah for sure and i respect that uh, some part of my brain is kind of clicking in this like okay but like all you need to do is 
you just need to survive this moment. Mm-hmm. It is a bad moment. It is a, it is the, God, I hope this is the worst thing that ever happens to you. Okay. And you just need to survive it because they're not going to, they're not going to take your right. life. You just need to stay in the game long enough to find you're out because there's going to be one okay. because these guys I suck. get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that yeah. some part of my brain is clicking along that way. And I'm also thinking like, yeah, but if this were happening to me, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd care if I died in this moment. Yeah. I think I might. Oh, no. The only I reason to survive an apocalypse is for the shopping moment. spree. And after that, it's like, whatever. What's the point? Well, I, You've I, I peaked after, after the shopping spree. In that spree. moment, I, I could see it. myself. I could <laughs> see myself feeling like I would rather. I would rather just be done. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't want to wake up in that hospital. All of this. I have to survive this suffering and this indignity to escape for what? To escape to what? Yeah. You know, I, I could. I get that. And yeah, but if Killian Murphy was like, no, but we have a purpose, I might could be like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. I get the point that they're making here is that it kind of flies in the face of just surviving. It's like, what are we beyond this? And it's like, you can't, it's not just surviving. It's no, we're, we're, we're humans. We're people like this is fucked. These are not people. Like, this is not surviving. This is literally, like, this is just not. So it's like, no, I get with, uh, basically, it's like this scene flies in the face of everything we had been shown throughout the whole movie after he woke up, where it's like, we're been told, no, surviving is the one thing. And it's like, is this surviving? This isn't surviving. Like It's this not is living. Not, it's just this not This is dying. not living. No, yeah, it's just not dying. It's something mm-hmm. in between. And it's like fuck this noise and that's why you know uh killian murphy's character he just like mm, no and that's why everybody was like mm, fucking no like that's just <laughs> right yeah that's a that's a hard no oh. like that's oh but when he sees no. that airplane yeah. i was like yeah hope. yeah yeah at 100 percent if i saw that airplane too i was I like d- mm, yeah i do remember yep, thinking i'm ready like, to just fucking murder about- everybody here <laughs> well, halfway through the movie, I do remember thinking, like, what is, where are we going with this? Like, what, what is the plot? I don't understand what the point of this is. And then he sees the there's airplane, to... and I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's more, there is more to life than just surviving. I think that's really right. hardcore, yeah. the theme. And it's like, and yeah. So, in, as I said earlier, I think we can... If we want to bop around on the outline a little bit, yeah. maybe kind of bop past the characters and double back as we need. Sure. Uh, some of that stuff we've already discussed anyway. But yeah, I think we hit most of the production. When it, when it comes to production, we discussed a little bit about the fact that they, they changed course as they filmed because they filmed sequentially, yep. except for a couple of like pickups or reshoots. They filmed this movie sequentially. So as the story developed, as these each scene developed uh, and was committed to uh, not film... <laughs> This is digital. This is early, early, early digital. So uh, not film. Okay. That's what they call it. Not. Not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's the fancy industry word for for digital recording. Um, so uh, I just I was going to say as it was committed to film, and then I was like, that's technically not true. Um, but as the story developed, they were able to, like, as to, to change it as they discovered things. So originally, there were a few different versions of the ending. And the original plan was not what we ended up with. The original plan was that the entire world has fallen to this. And it was very bleak. And as they went, it was much more interesting to them 
if it was at least open-ended, mm-hmm. if it was possible that someone somewhere was still there, um, but that the people we Are don't Are you talking know. about the radical ending? I'm talking about the fact that the uh, director and writer themselves changed as the story as they okay. went. I'm not talking about the radical ending, I don't think. Okay. I'm talking about the ending that, that's associated with the theatrical release, the, like, the smiley if you ending. were to hop on your Hulu today, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a much more positive ending because the thing is, as it developed, because that was much more interesting to them, right? The possibility that England had been quarantined, the possibility that even if it had spread, it had been managed, that there was a whole world out there and just this tiny subset of humanity thought it was alone. They found that the original version of the ending didn't communicate with yeah. people were like, oh, well, no, that, the world is dead. And they were like, ah, we got to fix like, it. Because it's interesting because that opens up more opportunity. Like, if you close off the rest of the fucking world or, like, just say, oh, yeah, the rest of the world is infected, then suddenly it's like, ah, okay, that's not a story anymore. But if you say, well, is the rest of the world? Like, if you write that big fucking question mark there, it's like, well, shit, okay, how did the rest of the world react to this? You know, like... And if it's not... Yeah. Because if it's not, oh my god. Yeah. If you get out... Yeah. How do you live with what you had to do Man. to be the person I just who Just get out. out. That sounds how like a... How does anyone else ever Sounds like a great you? title for a movie. Get out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go... I buy that, I buy that. ...back real quick, because I know that Rachel was like, let's skip over the characters for the sake of time but just real quick i wanted to share the allegory that i thought of for two of the characters Mm -hmm. the guy who is like it's just people killing other people there are no infected is like very left-wing liberal everywhere freaking out feeling right now and the conservatives are just like Hannah when the Valium hits, walking around in a falling down mansion in someone else's evening gown. <laughs> like, ideally, you want to be somewhere in between those two extremes, right? At, at one point, she says, uh, at one point, she says, like, I'm fine. And I was like, bitch, I didn't think you weren't. This is what I you right now. Get out Shut of the house. fuck up, Hannah. Hannah, there's an infected running around this and you're high. Yeah. No, like, no, that um, is yeah. that is oddly spot fucking on. Thank you, like, because that was, like, my only smart thought I had while I was watching this, because I was so, you know, when you're so into a movie, it's like, I'm not really thinking, I'm not really analyzing it, because I'm invested in kind of what happens, but I think well, like, Rachel had in here that she wanted to shout out some actors that she loves. Mostly just Killian Murphy. Oh, of course. Because I've loved him since my uncle, my sweet uncle Roger, took me and my brother to see Red Eye yeah! back in 2005. Yeah. And that was the first thing I ever saw he him in, it. and I loved him ever He's since. So I was like, shit, if I was like Rachel McAdams, is that Rachel I think It's McAdams? Rachel I McAdams. Yeah. I right. would have been like, kill my daddy. Shit, just take me now here on this plane. <laughs> 110% I would have called that. <laughs> I just remember an emergency tracheotomy. Yeah, well, like, yeah, like, straight up. He gets stabbed oh, yeah. in the fucking neck, and he, <laughs> like, like, literally, he's walking off the plane, clutching his neck, and he goes, oh, and he grabs this woman's neck scarf and just ties it around <laughs> his neck, and it's like... <laughs> 
Security wasn't like, hey, why do you have a neck scarf, sir? <laughs> but also, everyone loves Brendan Gleeson. Oh, How yeah. can you not? He's in everything on. that's good. Like, He's yes. amazing. He's a legend. Fucking kills me. A fucking legend. And it also killed him that he didn't wear that fucking body armor after his introduction mm. scene. That would have just yeah. carried him for the rest of the fucking movie. Where was your right gear at, Frank? Like, for fuck's sake. But... It's like, yeah, like, uh, Christopher Eccleston is able to embody this character that, in all honesty, when you see Christopher Eccleston, you're like, this guy, he has a hard exterior, but I feel like he has a heart of gold. But in this movie, it's like, no, he doesn't. Stop. <laughs> That's this my kryptonite, y'all. Whenever he's like, oh, this is tough the worst. guy, heart of gold. Nope. Yeah. Just an asshole in disguise. Don't exactly. go Just like, go actual sweet. Y- you have fooled me, sir. Like, <laughs> you do not have a heart of gold. And, like, that just... It, yeah, no, no, no. And maybe it's the fact that I fucking love Doctor Who. And every time I see this, I'm like, oh, it's the Doctor. Oh. But no. No. It's like, God, he is, like, Christopher Eccleston. Jesus Christ, man. Like... He's great. He is fucking amazing. But I, I always... Every time I see him, I wonder, like, the fucking shit he must have had gone through to, like, dye his hair when it was that short i don't know did he grow his hair out and they dye it or is that his natural color i didn't look this up before this <laughs> is it different yeah because like like when i've seen him he has like dark hair and it's like you know a fucking buzz cut but it's like in this he's like he's like almost a redhead and it's like am i mistaken i swear he looks exactly the same to me I could be it entirely could wrong be just about just like the saturation of the film because this is a very early aught style. I mean, fair point. Right. I think what's his face did everything he could to damage the film to make it look like more, you know, gritty. You know. Well, no, it's it's just uh, it's early, early digital, and that's straight up how it looked, and they liked that. Um, there's also they basically it was a version of slow mo that they used to film the infected to get that kind of like stutter. Oh, the jerky. Mm, okay like where they're where they're they're moving but it feels yeah right like kind of staccato um that is a film effect achieved with a version of slow motion um otherwise this is just you know it's just early digital and that's how that looked and they kind of liked that they they wanted it to feel as if it were being filmed by someone who was surviving alongside them as opposed to having that very cinematic or glossy look so it's how that film looks like they didn't do something to it it's just they liked that it looked that way. There was literally no information I could find about this, but straight up, like... So Christopher Eccleston has darker hair in Doctor Who, and in this movie, he straight up basically has blonde hair, and it's like... Which is the real color? I'm confused. What is but the truth? What is... Give me the truth here. <laughs> I, I need... I, I want to know. But, like, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> well, the the digital filming also allowed for a lot of flexibility. Like, not, and first of all, they got some incredibly beautiful and and compelling shots throughout the course of the film. That one scene where they're like uh, right after shopping, where it shows the fucking uh, the the fields of flowers, and it looks like an impressionist mm-hmm. painting. It's like, fuck, yeah, that yeah. is actually very nice. Good job, guys. It also meant that they could set up and take down really quickly, which meant made the British government a lot more inclined to work with them. Um, or to support them. So these shots where they have the roads cleared, that that's real. But they were able to clear the roads like to kind of slow traffic gradually and clear the roads for only about an hour. 
for them to get all those shots. And normally that would have been a much lengthier process. So I could be entirely wrong about this. This could be 100% wrong. I probably should have researched this before I said this. But they, I, I thought, didn't they, did they not, like, use people, like, to block traffic, like, early on in the day to, like, to get the shots? Like, weren't they using people to, like, just straight up be, like, hold up signs and be like, yo, um... They um, recruited attractive young women oh, okay. to go divert traffic because they felt like people would get less upset and sure enough, they did. <laughs> nice. Damn. Okay. It, it was effective. Like, okay. So that's um, <laughs> that's a strategy. Mm-hmm. That thing, that happened. <laughs> the only thing about the production bits I want to talk about is um, back to when we were talking about the coronavirus mm-hmm. and like the similarities between it. And I thought this like, this like really, what? Sorry. <laughs> was one thing that really struck me was um, how Hannah and her father had everything mm. set up like Christmas. Mm-hmm. They had Christmas music and Christmas lights because right now during everything, a lot of the public radios are doing just Christmas music because really? they think it's like something that it's like uplifting cool. and it's going to uplift your you know your mindset during this terrible time and i thought that was like i thought that was really cool i um, do too that really that's cool. fucking terrifying to me what i don't when someone anti christmas so, i love christmas but when someone does christmas out of season <laughs> I'm like, they get the wrong rpm <laughs> what do you no doing? i disagree i do too but it's like still christmas funny. in july like and i hate that <laughs> i disagree do you guys remember do you guys remember my friend in college brandon the really tall guy well, anyway, we would go to like the <laughs> the comedy shows in the in the basement of Blackbird, and he had really bad anxiety. And sometimes when he had bad anxiety, he would listen to Christmas Aww. music. And I remember one time during the comedy sketch that they had downstairs, he was he suddenly put in his headphones and he offered one to me, and he was listening to like one of Connor Oberst or like the Bright Eyes mm-hmm. version of like silent night and it was so relaxing and it was Mm -hmm. so beautiful that like in no matter what situation you're in if they're talking about cocks on stage in front of you you're like silent night and it's just so calming and it's just so nice that is nice i i yeah that has never been my thing like literally like if if you're referencing christmas out of season i'm i'm like going He's a Christmas purist. And that's okay. It, it is okay. People enjoy I things. Let people enjoy <laughs> things, Stephen. I'm just saying my thing is not that. Let me not enjoy things. <laughs> You're screwed. I love Halloween any time of the year. That's it. I mean. Oh, but if it's Christmas. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Double standard. I do have a double standard. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Stephen on this one, but like. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas 100%. stuff. But there is a point at which some it, there, it is somehow disorienting or unsettling. I did hear I one of our former guests, Clay McLeod Chapman, said that he, because his household is quarantined, he and his children are celebrating April Fool's Day like a real holiday. So they have all like workshop pranks to play on each other and everything. It's real sweet. 
Yeah, don't forget to buy his So book. one last thing before yes. we move on like to our closer. One of the things I wanted to talk about was the fact that this movie came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, we had the attack in New York in 2001, mm-hmm. which is when they were starting um, production of this. And that wall that they had in the beginning that Killian Murphy's character Jim finds of all the missing persons mm-hmm. that actually happened before the attacks. Because mm-hmm. the movie wrapped up in October of 2001. But I just thought that was such a visceral and such a... Like, as an American watching this movie in what year is it 2020 that it was like it was a very incredible moment it it was something that came out of their imagination but it actually ended up being very true in reality of this board of missing people and that just made it so much more real like we're dealing with things like the terrorist attacks coronavirus and I feel like this movie right now really drives these ideas home it's pretty wild because it's like yeah it's a very natural human response to try and reach out and figure out what i mean it's just a it's a normal response it's like like trying to figure out what's happening to your loved ones if you don't know especially in an age where the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is today like yeah and the and their internet and the government in this movie were decimated there's nothing so what else can you do but put up a notice with a picture like that's and it just you just have that idea of like that desperation versus the oh it's useless i feel like yeah because 9-11 happened it's a thing and it affected our world the way it did i feel like the 28 days later was as effective as it was maybe in an alternate timeline it was an indie darling that people talk about but no one really hears about but because it arrived that's interesting well, yeah because it arrived at the time it did it's like oh wow it didn't mm-hmm. hit it too hard because let's like 2001 to 2002 i think the movie industry really got hit because no one wanted to go to the movies at that time period yeah no it, no one did and it was like around the time that finally came out people were like okay we can go back to the movies and it hit and it hit in a way that yeah it did strike upon a few of the fears but at the same time it went an entirely different direction so it's like it kind of started off and was able to hit not capitalize because i mean hell they were making this while this was happening so it wasn't like they were like yeah we're gonna hit on all these fucking notes no it just kind of was like some kind of like it was a a, there was a decent amount of synchronicity like synchronicity excuse me synchronicity with the way the world was going and it was like oh oh well okay and then right yeah right 100 percent like that it's it's pretty fucking wild so take us into that closer then rachel like uh so it's gonna be the same as the icebreaker which is like you wake up in a coma no memory whatever but Mm. now give us the worst possible horror movie to wake up from a coma to live through like your oh shit uh uh-uh nope (laughs) just fucking kill me on the spot because i cannot scenario Mm -hmm. steven go 
Oh boy, it's gonna be the world of like the first two Hellraisers because Jesus Christ, I'm too, I'm too fucking curious. Mm -hmm. If you put that goddamn box in front of me, I'm gonna be like, oh, what is this? And within a few hours, their hooks are gonna be fucking appearing out of that. Shit. Wait, explain. What do you mean Hellraiser? Hellraiser? You've never seen Hellraiser? I'm sorry. No. Oh, don't care. Oh, holy shit. Okay, so Hellraiser basically, it's like this ancient Rubik's cube. Whenever you solve it in a certain configuration it's called the limit configuration when you solve it in a certain way like it opens up a portal to basically they're calling it hell it's not really hell it's like a torture dimension and these fucking hooks come out of it oh, and you get okay. like pulled into it and you you know get turned if you're a certain type of person you get turned into a cenobite and that means you have to basically spread the good word of torture to other people oh wow yeah Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's pretty fucking wild, and that's what uh, Pinhead is. He's a Cenobite, and he's spreading the good word of torture, and he's like, he's <laughs> like, your pain will be delicious. He's like Jesus's warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah basic, holy shit, I've never heard it like that. But yeah, that's exactly yep. what it is. And so that would be basically a big <laughs> fuck no from me, because Lord knows someone's going <laughs> to hand me this puzzle box, and I'm going to be like... Oh, Nito! And I'm going to start trying to solve it, even though I'm fucking horrible yeah. at Rubik's Cubes, no. and then I'm going to accidentally get it right, right. and Pinhead's going to be like, yo, you're coming with me! And I'm like, fuck! I don't want to, but <laughs> shit, I guess I asked for this if I solved this thing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Who's next? Um, Mary, go ahead. For me, it would be, honey, I shrunk the kid. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> if I were shrunken like that, just absolutely not just stomp me out of misery <laughs> really just make fucking so one of the things me. i don't do is wrong size bugs <laughs> mm, actual mm. bugs don't bother that's me at all fuck no actual jungle bugs, bugs will fuck you up dude like just get my shotgun normal bugs spiders whatever moving around my life i'm like yeah do you boo boo but if they are the wrong size even if it's like a butterfly and it's friendly if it's too big i'm just like fuck all the way <laughs> so you're not a fan of the mothra <laughs> well, to be fair i wouldn't be fan of the ladybug gray oh, okay. either so <laughs> mary Kay, how about you um my worst to live through would probably be hereditary if not hereditary then <laughs> a home invasion thing <laughs> yep. i need to know why what what i don't flex with the occult that's fair. I figured you're... I was, like, about to put money. I was going to ask if everybody wanted to put money in to bet if you were going to say anything that has to do with, like, paranormal. Like, yep. paranormal activity. Can't do demons. No aliens. No evil children. But it's not demons. That's just the occult. There's just people hereditary being... Hereditary is demons. Weird and creepy. Haman, and hereditary Haman, very much Very demons. Witches... Witches and demons partying together. There ain't no demons. They're just people uh -uh, being that God scary and her. creepy. He possesses Charlie yeah. from birth. What was payment to you then? Yeah. Ghosts? I don't know. Payment? No, payment is a demon. Like, that's not something that was made up for the movie. That's a thing. Mm -mm, I don't flex with that. That's my answer. Rachel, you go. <laughs> All right. Well, my answer is the opposite. It's people. It's um, movies like The Invitation, yeah, Would terrible. You Rather, mm -hmm. oh, no. The Strangers, etc. Because people who have set up like a near impossible escape situation, which 
you will be killed and there's almost no chance you're getting out. Like, I ain't that smart bitch that makes it to the end. I'm not the last girl. I take my chances with fucking demons in the house before Mm-mm. all of that. No, not me. You know what else would be really mm. scary for me to live through, Rachel, is that Truth or Dare movie. I haven't seen it because mm. there's smiles Se- in the yeah. trailer. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck that. No, no. Fuck that. I don't like it when fuck women that. smile that much. Nope. Don't like that. Speaking of things I don't like at all, you all want to know what we're going to record next? Yes, yeah, please. please. Okay. Mary Kay. Um, okay, I'll do it. Um, What's next is The Wicker Man. We are doing the original yes. The Wicker Man, directed so by Robin Hardy, uh, 1973. Woo! You can stream that on Netflix, I believe, right, y'all? Yeah, as, as of right as now. As of March 31st, you can stream it on Netflix. You're welcome. And... Um, We'll talk to y'all about that in two weeks. But in the meantime, y'all don't forget, tell all your friends, rate and review and subscribe. And rate and review because look what it did for Steven. We got him on the yeah. goddamn show. <laughs> That's right. I was yes. just about to say thank you so much, Steven, for coming on. This was a damn delight. You're amazing. Yay. Thank you. Thank you, Steven. We love you so love much. Love you guys. This thank you wonderful. so much for having me on. Um, and, yes, by the time this um, – by the time this gets published, uh, go to itch.io, check out the ATL um, support jam. That's what I'm calling it right now, and I'm hoping by the time that this gets released, that's what I'm still calling it. So, yeah, just supporting <laughs> the, um, yeah, the support in, like, the, Do it, like, the industry in um, Do Atlanta. It. Just, yeah. Yay. And we will link to that in our show notes as well, so if y'all are like, I'm driving, what do I do? Just click on the show, it'll take you to the links. Thank you. Love you. Love you. This was awesome.